Hey everybody, this is Andy. I'm here. This is another edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. Sitting next to me is Jenny. Hello. Sitting next to me is Jenny. Hello. And uh, 116, 111, 116. How many miles, Megan? 116? We don't know. I want to go 116 because I feel like when you moved, you got further. And 111 miles to my southwest is Megan. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Megan. Hello. Sorry, okay. my dog is already making noise this episode. Get ready, people. Well, we are on a one-day delay this week uh, because uh, COVID struck our household after three long, glorious years. Uh, mine and Jenny's, not Megan's. Uh, Jenny, you know, we've been... We, we, we Honestly, like, COVID's one of the most talked about things in the history of this podcast. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, because we kind of covered how the wrestling industry handled it in 2020 and uh, in 2021 as crowds came back and and now we have we have had it. What do you what do you think? It was fucking terrible. <laughs> Just as you'd predicted. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, everyone, that I wasn't able to join last week, but I was feeling really sick. And then the next morning I tested positive. So. Yeah, huh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still really upset about it. Your eyes are getting a little shiny. I'm, I'm really upset that we uh, got this. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Are you upset that you got it or that you lost the three-year streak of not having it? Oh, I'm upset that I had that I got this. I I don't think I've ever been this sick. I mean, thank God I've never been this sick in my life. But like, it was as a person who is vaccinated and twice boosted it hit me hard hit andy hard too mm-hmm. yeah i had a i had a couple of pretty bad days there mm-hmm. three maybe i have like three pretty bad days yeah yeah but you know we're kind of we're on the, we're on the, we're on the mend as they say yeah uh megan i do not recommend you getting this no i honestly don't think i've gotten covid but if i have i did not Test you would to know. find out. You would know if you got it. That's like, what this I did not feel like a cold. Like I know everyone's saying it like, oh, it's just like a cold. No. It felt way worse than a cold. Yeah, it's it's just like I don't want to take a test every single time I feel like not a hundred percent. So I just don't. No. Especially because and, I'm not going anywhere. You know? and that's yeah, unless you're going somewhere, it's a waste of time because you know, I, I mentioned, you know, Jenny mentioned to you off mic earlier, like I tested negative three times before finally testing positive. So, you know, yeah. viral load is what they say is, is what determines if you test positive or not. So my viral load was just wasn't quite high enough until that fourth time. Ugh, that sounds so gross. Uh, and I don't want to <laughs> honestly stick a swab up my nose and touch my brain unless I absolutely have to. You're not supposed to stick it up that far, Megan. Yeah, you're you're doing it wrong, Megan. I haven't done it at all. Um, I just envision <laughs> the way people make the face uh, when they've done it or have described doing it. It always seems like gotta get real up there, and I don't want to. You've never taken a COVID test once? No. Oh, okay. See, I don't know if I've had it or not or avoided it 
or just like avoided finding out I had it. I see. Okay. I think you would have known if you had it. Um, probably. I mean, I don't feel like if when I do feel sick, it's it lasts more than like a day. You yeah. know, it's usually just the, one of those twenty-four hour things. So I'm gonna go with probably not COVID because it's not um, mean enough. My sickness. So yeah. Mean um, enough. <laughs> I will say I had to go to uh, jungle gyms the other day, famous for how busy it is on regular days. And this was two within five days of Christmas. What is it like four days? So it was a mad house and. Uh, and I was just like, oh, well, if I'm going to get COVID, it's probably from here because there's a <laughs> bunch of strangers just breathing in my space. Um, but well, had to be I, done. I guess, you don't, I guess you don't know about that yet. Nope. And you know what? I'm not going to test unless uh, I feel real bad because, again, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, you're going to Christmas, right? I am going to Christmas. Um, it's I don't know how long it takes to set in, but. I went yesterday, and I don't feel bad. So okay, am I yeah. safe? Probably. No. No. Not at all. <laughs> am I immune? If I have a cheap immunity? Me, I think where I got it, I don't think it showed up for five days. Yeah. No, oh, son of a bee. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope I don't accidentally give people COVID, and I feel like if I tested now with no symptoms, my viral load, as Andy termed it, which is probably official, uh. I'm guessing wouldn't be heavy enough to show anything because I'm not showing any symptoms. Right. You probably don't have it. I'm sure you didn't get it. I tried not to breathe the whole time I was there, but, you know, <laughs> can't hold your breath forever. Yeah, despite despite a lot of anecdotal evidence to the contrary, because I personally know a lot of people who have it right now, this year, 2022... Uh, so far is a lot lower than the holiday seasons of 2021 and 2020 in Ohio for COVID infections. So, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel like that personally. No, it doesn't feel like that personally, but you know why? Because we both have it and we both know people who have it. That's true. Yeah. The rate of infection in your vicinity is like a hundred percent. So <laughs> it's not great. L- yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> rate of infection in this podcast is 67%. It's crazy. Well, you see, you got Knock a 67. <laughs> oh, no, don't do Steiner math at me. You're going to give me COVID <laughs> mathematically. Well, 23 and a third percent chance that Beckham's going to have COVID by the end of this podcast. <laughs> well, Jenny, we got a lot to cover today, but, you know, we like to do something around these parts before we get in any of that. And, and, and what is that? It's the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Uh-huh. I have a lemon LaCroix. Let me pop that little guy open. I also have a pop, uh, or a crack rather. It is a Diet Pepsi. It's my first Diet Pepsi in uh, a few days because I just I was just not feeling well enough to drink uh, anything but Gatorade or water for a few days there. I hope your taste buds accept this Diet Pepsi. Me too. It's- I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I guess they'll accept it. I hope they they taste it. Recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not I, just like. I didn't. Did you lose smell or taste? I didn't. No. I didn't either. Well, that's good because that sounds like one of the worst parts. And I don't mean to minimize COVID, but losing your smell and taste, I feel like two out of the 
three sentences or three two out of the five senses that just seems really awful it like just it seems doesn't real bad. feel or hear anything <laughs> i don't just, just sight taste smell true no, I li- is that not how you live your life i, I... No, no, this, all of our words are subtitled <laughs> I do put on subtitles for everything these days, though, so don't. <laughs> you might. All right, so you what, might think. what do you have, uh, Megan? Um, well, I don't have COVID, and it's Friday night, so I'm going for a uh, a glass of Woodford Reserve bourbon. Holy shit. Um, Jenny, it's not that fancy. It's like it's like pretty pretty standard price, I think. Standard it's to cheap. Reserve in the title. That's the name of their place. It does say distill or select. I don't know. There's a lot of words. I don't understand the bourbon world. I just know we tasted this and I liked it, so I'm going for it. Um, and I I did a little chuckle earlier because I'm like, well, way, way back in 2020, Adam Page told us all that he's fighting off COVID by drinking more whiskey <laughs> to keep his system clean. So, like, I'm going for it. That's what I'm that's, doing. Here we go. That's right. And nice. That's, nice. Yeah. nice little quirk. Yeah, is it the holiday that. edition? Um, no, oh, I think okay. it's just the plain edition. <laughs> Do you standard. have your cool um ice thing? I don't because I'm cold and I don't want to put ice in it today. <laughs> if I want it to be chilled, I'll just open this window by me and stick it out there for like a second, and then it will probably be fine because it is n- negative degrees outside. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Good times. Well, everybody, cheers. And uh and you know, to the three of us, Merry Christmas, because we are we are uh people who culturally celebrate Christmas. <laughs> um <Yep. laughs> and uh and you know, happy holidays to all of our listeners out there, because we like to cast a wide net. Yes, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Yes. And happy Kwanzaa to Stokely Hathaway. Yeah, as he he's said to Eddie, Kwanzaa's coming up. You can't do this shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Um, we'll talk news. We've got we've got some news on the Miro front. If anybody, if, if, if you guys have been wondering where Miro is. I have. I actually asked you the other day where Miro was. What did I tell you? That they had given him a proposed storyline to him that he didn't like and so he was he was not no longer injured but kind of sitting at home waiting for a good storyline yeah pretty much yeah so uh that story was kind of came out on wrestling observer radio last week um dave Meltzer said in september they came to him tony khan came to miro and he had this idea which would build to a match on the November 19th pay-per-view and Miro didn't want to do it. Um, he said, it's weird. A lot of people who come from WWE are very leery, obviously Brian Danielson being the exception about doing jobs. Then it becomes very difficult to book where you don't really want to do programs where you're going to lose. So. (laughs) So he was going to lose. And he just yeah. didn't want yes. to. Well, the, the, it, I think basically he was going to be in the role that Ethan Page ended up getting. Oh. Uh, that wasn't a very good role. I mean, you know. You... I mean, it was a fine role for Ethan Page who, like, doesn't do much. But, like, 
You're all like, you know, happy Rusev day. I don't think they're allowed to do that here. Uh, But also, not to, you know, downplay Miro, but he's coming off an injury. That is kind of like an easy way to get back into the program without committing to anything long term. And then from there, you could springboard off to something else, you know, just just to like come back in and in time for the pay-per-view. That would have been a seems like a fine transitional sort of thing to do. I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, I, I I have no problem with wrestlers, you know, turning down creative options. It's a, you know, he's an independent contractor. Yeah. He was he was offered a storyline. He didn't like it, so he's not doing it. That's fine. But you know, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of on him now that he's not on TV because Tony Khan wanted him to do something and he didn't want to do it. So. Yeah, and know. unlike WWE. He wasn't asked to like dress up in some stupid costume or like you don't know what the ask was. Oh, that's well, if it was the Ethan Page <laughs> role, I think the ask was you wrestle until you get to the point where you lose. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Dave Meltzer uh, followed up in the Observer today uh, with this. Just as talks had either started or were going to start about bringing Miro back for a program, his wife. CJ Perry made these comments on the Mike Winnemacker show saying Rusev day will never die. It's always going to be around. The kids are going to want to sing it and I'm sure it will make a return in WWE at some point, you know, Rusev will whenever he shows back in and whatever freaking name or gimmick or character at some point in WWE, it's going to be iconic. Let's be honest. We know that everyone always returns back to WWE at some point. Oh my God. I feel like these comments would not be inflammatory, except they came from someone who lives with him and presumably chats with him about his career. Um, also, they don't have kids, right? Is she talking kids in general, like throughout the world? We'll never yeah. give yeah, up like Rusev kids, Day. The kids are still hung up on this uh, Rusev Day thing from 2016 or whatever. Guys, I'm really embarrassed. I just said it. She proved she. I, I proved her point. Fuck. What does our friend Dave uh, uh, wish us every time he comes over? Happy Rusev Day. He wishes us a happy Rusev Day. <laughs> so that's probably fun for Tony Khan to hear. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Fuck. I don't know what it means. I just know that that's the Rusev news. If you've been wondering what Rusev's up to. <laughs> Oof, you mean Miro because... He's not Rusev, guys. It's Miro Day. I guess you can't really start that. The kids would get confused. Try to switch it on them. So, I, you know. Wow. From what I recall, he signed a long contract extension, like, at the beginning of this year. I think think he's there through 2026. Oh, my God. What is Lana doing? She might might just be dumb. (laughs) Like... Have you well, considered I mean, she we might saw just her be on Total for many years. Yeah, and it was not a good look for her as far as smarts go. Um, but you never know. Is it acting? Is it a storyline she accepted? But this was what what a f- just common sense uh, would dictate. Maybe don't comment on your husband's career when it's like this level. 
like yeah. an entertainment thing. Maybe maybe you don't just spill what you guys were chatting about at the dinner table as far as career stuff goes. Yeah, it seemed not smart. <sighs> oh, Rusev. I thought Rusev was in um, wherever Charlotte and What's-His-Face were because that Instagram <laughs> picture he sent <laughs> was so dead on of... Uh, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Andrade looked Andrade. so much like Miro. And even Charlotte with the blonde hair and the hat on, it's like, if you just did a quick glance, Miro and Lana. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever sent a picture being like, I think this person looks like so-and-so, and you both agreed with me. <laughs> it was a true. proud moment. It's true. It's a very popular genre of picture for her to, to send, <laughs> and, uh, and it has had a 0% batting average up to this point. <laughs> Occasionally, either Megan or you will agree with me. Like, rarely, but, like, that does happen on occasion. You never have both agreed. The trick is, we don't agree with you when you come in hot and you say, this is this person, and it's, like, like this is Paul Rudd, and it's for sure not Paul Rudd. It's that other guy you perpetually think is Paul that Rudd. That center stage guy is <laughs> Paul Rudd's twin. But when you come in hot like that, confident, and you're just so wrong. Of course we're not going to agree with you. That's not Paul Rudd. What are you? What are you nuts? He didn't play in center stage. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported last week in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that AEW and Warner Brothers have made the decision to change the look of the show. Khan confirmed in an interview with TV Insider on Wednesday that the new presentation for Dynamite will debut on the January 4 show from Seattle, Washington. Khan said, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily, especially so close to the big day, but at the start of 2023, we're going to open the year on Wednesday, January 4th, with the first Dynamite in Seattle, marking a full year of Dynamite on TBS. We'll definitely have a new look, to say the least. I'm excited about it, Khan said. I think it's a nice thing to present to the fans, but frankly, I've found more so than ever the more you talk about these things, when you build them up, you don't want to create expectations that are impossible. I will say the set will be beautiful, though. Uh, Khan continued to say that the presentation of AEW Rampage will also change in the new year. The first Rampage of 2023 will take place live from Portland, Oregon, on January 6th, 2023. Uh, he said the look of Rampage will also be different. This will affect the way people view AEW on Wednesdays and Fridays in terms of presentation with the set and the show with the same great action. Uh, continued to talk about the hiring of Mike Mansuri as the company's new senior vice president and co-executive producer and how his work will impact the presentation of AEW programming. So Mike Mansuri is, so we haven't talked about this, but last week or two weeks ago, I think it was announced um, that he was uh, hired to, for this, this VP role of production. He was Kevin Dunn in WWE's, production team he was his number two for years and he left the company um in 2021 citing burnout from the schedule because he was he was literally producing raw nxt smackdown pay-per-view like he was he was having he was having weeks because of the schedule where he was producing four shows you know four live shows in a week um and uh tony khan has hired him and obviously there is a considerably lighter schedule in AEW given that most weeks it's just one show and on you know aside from you know quarters where there's a pay-per-view <laughs> but uh 
But yeah, and everybody uh, to a man or a woman has said that uh, this is one of the best hires AEW's ever made. So well, that's great because a lot of people like Renee Young was was like thrilled with the hire. Uh, you know, like all the AEW, all the all the people who worked in WWE before, um, who have worked with him have nothing but glowing things to say about him. So, do you think we're gonna get a giant snake slithering down our TV screen? I hope it's that, and I hope we, I hope we get I hope we get AR graphics. I hope. <laughs> like I just want to, I just want to see the big dog, like Roman Reigns, just come out and like. I, I, to be honest, I would really like new barricades. I, I think that's a possibility. I'd like. I just here's here's what I most want out of this. I want a I want Dynamite and Rampage to look really different from each other. Mm. And I don't know if that's possible if they're going to be yeah taping at the same night on most weeks. But I think that would be really helpful. I think it would be difficult to do that other than like colors. Yeah. Like what else can you really do? Yeah. Like I the ring know. apron and lighting. Yeah. Cause you're not going to change like the, and like the stage. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I, that's, that's, that's the only thing I think of, but anyway, I, I'm excited for, it does seem like we've had pretty much the same dynamite look since the beginning of the show. Yeah. And it's, let's be honest. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked how colorful it was. I'll say that. I thought it was a fun. I hope fun they retain that. Well, I was going to say, I feel like they've, it's been less colorful lately. Like, I feel like we used to get a lot more color splashes and stuff. And now when I watch, it's just like primarily just looking at like the black and the yellow. I don't know. Like, I know that the graphics and stuff, they still do use color splashes, which I like, but It'd be nice to get more color around the ring, I think. Make it visually a little bit more interesting than just the the logos on cotton stretched against metal. <laughs> You're really upset about those barricades, huh? Yeah. You gotta get those uh get those WWE barricades where instead of metal it's the full on like padded whatever. I don't think they move as easily either. They don't. And there was like a poor, like young toddler girl in the audience this week that almost got taken out by Moxley. And who was the other person who almost took her out? One of the, one of the guns, I think. <clears throat> so oh, yeah, they don't watch where they go. They, they, they move too easily. <laughs> yeah. That might just be good. Um, also for like, you know, when guys get thrown against them, having a little yeah. padding there. Probably nice. True. Uh, one final uh, news story. Well, I actually have two final, but one will fold into the uh, Dynamite recap. But uh, the other one, before we get to Rampage, is AEW has filed to trademark new potential names for wrestling events. Promotion has reportedly filed to trademark the terms Wrestling Bowl and Wrestle Bowl. Oh, the- my. Filings have not yet been made public by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Fightful is reporting that the purposes of the trademarks are listed uh, basically for, yeah, for the purposes of wrestling, essentially. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe, like, something football-themed? Yeah, I was thinking, like, around Super Bowl week, probably. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked to see this come up in, like, you know, six weeks or so. Wrestle Bowl. Interesting. 
is this oh my god the super bowl's in six weeks also you just gave me wow revelation about time i did not realize we were so close what to the super bowl I, oh, not that I really care unless the Bengals are in it, but man. That's only happened once ever. No, they've been. Well, that I've been alive, but they've been in the Super Bowl before. You guys have been alive for two Bengals Super Bowl appearances, and they've been three times, and they've lost all three. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. <clears throat> February 12th. Yeah, time flies. It's... I. Yeah, sorry. That was my own little like uh, mini crisis of where we are in the year, which is to say the end of it. We're at the we're at the very end of it. I know, I know. Wow. Oof. Okay, uh, let's talk about Rampage, guys, because I think we all watched Rampage this week, right? Feels like an eternity ago, but yeah, I did watch it. I think Jenny even watched it. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. AEW Rampage was in Garland, Texas, same as uh, Dynamite last week. We open with John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara, and I know I don't. Uh, we don't really talk ratings much on this show anymore, um, but the Rampage rating has rebounded a bit the last couple weeks since Moxley's been on the show. So that seems like. That that de- that decision seems like it's working, um, and of course he's booked again tonight for Rampage, so we'll see how that does. But anyway, uh, Mox and Sammy uh, had a really I-, I thought it was a really awesome match. I thought these two gelled together really well. Moxley gets the win uh, with a bulldog choke, but he gave Sammy a lot, and uh, and it was very good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, two very talented people. I think no surprise they worked worked out well together, but glad that there were no shenanigans that would have given Sammy the win. Mm. Uh, Mox calls out Hangman, um, who came out and they brawled a little bit, but uh, security kept uh, separating them. So, but uh, we'll see. We'll see where that ends up. Uh, Hangman FDR- is well. Hangman in storyline is he still not medically cleared, even though. In real yes. life, he is obviously medically cleared. Okay. Yeah. FTR uh, cut a promo on the Ass Boys and uh, to you know promote that match for Dynamite. Uh, Jade Cargill is beefing with Red Velvet a little bit, which is good in a way because that is her like her eternal best opponent, and uh, <laughs> and they got to get back to that at some point. Um, and, and she also threatened Bow Wow again, so. Watch out, Bow Wow. Britt Baker versus Sky Blue, uh, was okay. Was okay, you know. Um, Hikaru Shida ran out afterwards and chased off the, the bad girls. Uh, we get a short, but I thought very good, effective, Sit down interview with Preston Vance and Jim Ross. Yeah, I loved the part where Preston Vance asked Jim Ross who his boss was, and Jim Ross said Tony Khan, and he said, "Oh, so it's not some snot-nosed ten-year-old kid." <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought this was good for Vance. Yeah, uh, I, 
it seems like they're pushing him to an uh, an extent, you know, and the more practice he gets talking and doing stuff without the mask on, you know, keeping him from having to have any sort of emotional facial expressions, the better. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's a, like, he's, he's not a bad looking guy either, you know? No, I thought that's why they hired him originally was he's big. He's like a handsome dude. And yeah. then they put a mask on him and put him with the dark order. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess that's a way to go. Uh, we get Wardlow versus Exodus Prime, who who really made the rounds in the past uh, in the past week of uh, <laughs> of uh, jobbing on AEW television. Um, yeah, Wardlow just smashes him, and then he uh, calls out Samoa Joe, and Joe answers on the big screen, and these two are going to wrestle next week on Dynamite, um, which we'll talk about it. But that's a pretty loaded show too at this point. So, yep. When you've got the um, king of television showing up, my God, we're really, on the red carpet. We'll talk about it on the Dynamite recap, but I really like Joe's king of television character. He talk, yeah, we'll talk about it. But yes, it it all fits together very well. And uh, the main event of Rampage: the Butcher, the Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven making his return. Versus the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Dustin Rhodes. And I thought this match was really fun. And also, what a way for Ball Watch 2022 to <laughs> to go out. You know, with like so much testicle torture on this uh, in this particular matchup. There were four men on each team, statistically speaking. The odds of ball shots go way up when you've got yeah. those kind of numbers. There were a lot of ball shots. It was great. <laughs> um, our friends, uh, our friends, Luke and Amanda were texting me about it and telling me like about all these ball shots and and I can confirm there are a lot of ball shots in this match. It was very very fun. Yeah, I mean that's the big take takeaway too. Uh, is Trent Seven? Um, is he like just a free agent at this point, or is he going to be sticking around? Do we know? I don't know. I, I haven't seen any. Anything one way or the other about him, but uh, but I thought I thought he like had a good showing for himself in both of his matches. Yeah, and they build him as Kip Sabian's friend, so I just I was hoping that meant like he has an in, and there's a reason for him to be here, storyline wise. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit worried when when they like had Kip in the trios thing for tonight on Rampage, and he wasn't one of his partners. But I mean. He's partnering with Butcher and Blade, who are an, an, an existing tag team. But I just thought, like, oh, maybe Trent, uh, maybe Trent missed, you know, I, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's not, it's, like, more... it's not like they don't have too many people signed already anyway, so. Yeah, and it's more likely that Kip just couldn't find another friend if it were him and Trent. Like, I don't think Kip has a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's. That'll that'll do it for Rampage. So, Megan, why don't you talk to us about uh, AEW Dynamite? All right, I will. And uh, as it's the holidays, because it's called Holiday Bash, I do want to be transparent. I did not take notes. So I am. I watch the show, but I don't have, you know, extensive notes. But I do have a, you know, bullet-pointed recap here in front of me from CagesideSeats.com so that Andy knows it's a reputable source. Oh, boy. Is it not? Who, who wrote it? 
Oh, gosh. Let me scroll all the way up. Manolo Haas Pizzazz. What? I don't know if I said that right. It's literally Manolo, A-M, or no, M-A-N-O-L-O, Haas, okay. H-A-S. No, wait. Maybe they're just saying Manolo has pizzazz. It's Manolo <laughs> has pizzazz. I was trying to give him a fancy European name. <laughs> okay. You want F1 on their name. I did. Sorry. And Andy, don't worry. It's more just like I need to remember the order of things, but I do remember what happened. So I just need like an outline. That's what I was going for. Manolo, you have pizzazz. I'm probably just going to ignore it and read the bo- the bolded titles of the sections here. So <sighs> to begin with, Ricky Starks come out comes out and uh, the people love Ricky Starks as they should. And he's just like, you know, He's confident. I feel like he's doing really well, becoming a face. He's, you know, talking about his whole situation. And uh, he gets interrupted by the JAS. Jericho, uh, Daniel Garcia, and I believe Daddy Magic? Perhaps not. Manol has pizzazz, did not say. Oh, wait, Sammy Guevara. Sorry. Yeah, so he's he gets interrupted, and Jericho's like, hey, you're doing great but also like why don't you join the JAS because we're where it's at and you can be really successful in the JAS and Starks is like nope hate that idea he calls them the JA jazz holes yeah JS holes jazz holes and he just makes fun of them and he especially makes fun of Jericho he says he uh dress he dresses like a single dad on his fifth divorce um he makes fun of the fact that he used to be a little a little heftier. But I feel like that's okay because Jericho stood there with his jacket open and was like, check out these rock-solid abs that I definitely got through legitimate hard work and no other means. Um, so yeah, uh, Ricky Starks is like, boo, JS, I'm not joining your stupid boy band. And um, at that point, Jericho's like, well... That's disappointing, but you better watch your back. And so Jake Hager flies in behind Ricky Starks in the ring. He punches him, knocks him down, and uh, and then the JS start to, you know, surround him. And that's when Action Andretti runs in to make the save. He's already beaten Jericho once. He beats Jericho and his gang again. And uh, I'm not saying Starks and Andretti are friends, but another good good showing for Action Andretti the young star who I guess is elite now and is just tearing Jericho apart. Yeah. So I one loved Ricky Stark's <laughs> outfit. Like oh it my was gosh. perfection. Loved yes. it. Loved this promo. Thought it was really funny when he called him like a single, single dad on his like fifth divorce. Like also Jericho looking really good. I'm like, really impressed he's really like on that healthy streak but andy's got some cool he told me about this andrade guy and a jericho thing andrade yeah we talked about it last week oh okay yeah. so the listeners already know i'm yep. sorry no that's okay um he is cool like i'm he seems like a a good addition and it's nice that he gets to come in swinging and beating chris jericho but man don't see it every day so after that tony shivani talks to action andretti um 
kind of just like say, hey, welcome, welcome to the team, and you're doing pretty, pretty good stuff. And this is where Daddy Magic and his BFF Cool Hand um, come in and interrupt the interview and are like, hey, 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 Action Andretti, what's up, my guy? And they say something about him being on fire, as in like, you're really on fire, like your career. And then Andretti turns around and just a huge fireball hits him in the face. And that was the wizard Jericho off camera doing that. And he steps in and is like, gotcha, bitch. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Did we all feel like the cameraman didn't quite get the right angle on that little fire thing? I, I mean, I know it was supposed to be a surprise, but Jericho wasn't in the shot at all. Yep. I so I don't know if that was intentional or just a big miss by the camera guy, but it definitely just seemed like a big burst of flames <laughs> came from from off camera and hit little Andretti right in the face. Uh, it was a it was like a lot too. I know it's the um, the flash paper or whatever, but it looked significant, and I hope he didn't burn his face. I hope not too. You probably have to have a license to do that. I think you can just buy the flash paper. Jericho says he's a wizard, but realistically, I think anyone can be a wizard by that definition. So. I think it was a good idea that you combined those two segments into one. Uh, well done for you. And uh, uh, you can thank Mandalo has pizzazz. Thanks, Manolo has pizzazz. Um, I thought this was a good use of both of these guys, Starks and Andretti, because yeah. you give them a common purpose now, you bring them together. Ricky Starks is now feuding with Chris Jericho, who is always going to be an important person on the show, so that's good for Starks. Um, and Andretti has a buddy who is beloved by the crowd, so that'll make him look good too. And I, yeah, I can't. It was a great follow up to Ricky Starks losing to MJF, and it was so important to have a follow up to Ricky Starks losing yeah. to MJF and not just letting him twist in the wind. Yeah, yeah, because he kind of had that moment earlier uh, where it looked like he was on the upswing, and then he lost at the pay per view. So hopefully this time around, it's actually like. We're going to give him some more to do and some more wins. Because Ricky, yeah. I love Ricky Starks. I think he's great. Very yeah. charismatic. Very good at what he does. So, okay. So as you pointed out, <laughs> those two got, those two segments got put together a little out of order. So the next thing that actually happened on the show was the first uh, match of the night. And that was our, fifth match in the series of the best of seven from the elite and death triangle and this match uh there's no dqs so they can literally just do whatever they want and um you know of course that means that like we got some trash cans coming out the hammers my god the hammers they're not fake they hold trash (laughs) they were fake they crumble easily but they hold trash um the crowd demanded tables at one point, and uh, also, poor uh, one of the Lucha Bros, I, I think it was Penta, he tried to pick up a tree off the stage, and the tree just, it's fake, so it uh, first was like, kind of secured to the floor, 
and he managed to rip it up and then it kind of came apart at the half. So he was having some trouble there, but eventually they got that tree put back together and used it in the match. Thankfully, the magic of picture in picture protected us from uh, seeing that. Mm. Yeah. Also during picture in picture, after they threw somebody at it, it naturally broke apart and then they had to go through the whole uh, rigmarole of putting it back together. Also, Phoenix tried to use it at some point and it, it like fell out of the corner. It was the whole thing. They really tried hard to incorporate this tree. I guess it was worth it. I don't know. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. Um, but this, uh, this would have been the losing series match if the Death Triangle had won. So... They really needed to get this win for them, but the Elite really needed it to stay alive. And so naturally, because um, inevitably there's going to be seven matches in this series, the Elite did win. So it is now uh, three and two overall with Death Triangle still ahead. Yep. And you know what? It was a great plunder match. Um, So they have changed the... They've changed the tone. They continued the Knicks uh, knee storyline, and they can probably continue that into to next week with the Falls Ken Anywhere match. And mm-hmm. uh, this thing is, you know, I was a little trepidatious at first, but this thing is humming along. I thought Nick did a really good job of acting with the with the ankle. Yeah. Yeah, he was hobbling around and, you know, struggling with some moves, but they're keeping it interesting. And... False count anywhere next week, and then should we make it to the seventh round, which we definitely will, there'll be a ladder match. So that'll be fun. All right. So after that, uh, we've got Renee talking to Brian Danielson in the ring. Um, I feel like they had a cute moment where it was like, hey, remember when we had that show on WWE together and it was fun? And Annie really loved Talking Smack believe it was one of his favorite wwe shows that that whole um like 2016 when they redid the brand split and smackdown followed by talking smack was like the 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 three-hour block myself and dave watched that show like every single week for the first i don't know six months or so uh that it was on it was great it was the only great thing to come out of 2016 Pretty much. This feels like a trap. Oh, I thought she was referring to Trump being elected, but she was actually referring to us getting married. (laughs) Yeah, it felt more like a trap than a like 2016. What a year. (laughs) But also talking smack, you know, that's one and two in his life. (laughs) I think he holds talking smack higher than a wedding. Like legitimately, though. Oh god! It's a weird thing to say. Well, you two are still together, so it's okay. Not denying it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the little little talking smack team is back together. They look like they were happy to see each other. Renee um, was basically like, "Hey, what's up with your situation now in the the Blackpool Combat Club?" Um, Danielson loves Regal in a way that I don't think any of the other members in the the club do just because they have such a long-standing relationship and they're so close. Um, So he was more hurt by seeing Regal leave, but he thinks like they can all, 
they'll all be fine. Like it, you know, they're going to pull together. Um, but because of what MJF did, like Danielson has to, has to come for him. Like he has to teach him a lesson. And so he is essentially trying to get to MJF and this causes Ethan page to come out. I, I believe Danielson even says like, come on out MJF, let's do this. And instead of MJF, we get Ethan page who is mad because Danielson's trying to jump the line. Um, Ethan Page has earned his shot at MJF. Uh, and so he's like, hey, let's have a match next week. Uh, I believe Danielson is like, well, let's just settle this now. And Ethan Page is like, look, I've got really tight pants on. There's no way they're coming off. So it would be better if we could settle this score next week. And so that match is scheduled. Um, Stokely was with Ethan. And there was a moment where Stokely called uh, Daniel Bryanson like a vegetable man or something. It was a really weak insult. And then. No. Oh, no. No. Ethan Page called Brian Danielson vegetable man. And then Brian Danielson came back at him and said, okay, first of all, I cannot focus because of the, sh- of the shine coming off of Stokely's head. Can't you grow some hair? <laughs> Oh. And vegetable man, that's you know that's so weak or whatever. And Stokely said, "You raggedy bitch." Yeah, <laughs> twice. <laughs> yes. I had to rewind because I'm like, wait, what did he say? <laughs> it was spectacular. <laughs> really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Um. Ethan Page is is mad, but you know I'm I'm sure Brian Danielson is going to teach him a lesson too next week. Uh, MJF was watching this all backstage uh, on a monitor, and he thought it was all very funny. Obviously, because the more distractions and uh, barriers in front of Danielson getting to him, the better. He has already told us he's not going to wrestle, not on the regular ass show. So. He doesn't need this. He doesn't need this noise. Uh, after that, though, we got Hook. He's here to take care of Exodus Prime this week. And, uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a smash. Um, he suplexes uh, Exodus Prime and uses the Red Room submission. It's very fast. And then uh, as he's kind of getting ready to leave, the big screen comes on and we see that Jungle Boy is somewhere backstage near a dumpster and he's getting beat up by the firm and it the whole beatdown ends with Morrissey choke slamming him into the dumpster, which looks gross. Um but yeah, it's like uh look, the firm is still here to break up this jungle hook team thing. Uh Hook does not like run to help his friend. He just kinda looks, watches it and then is like, all right. And he he very slowly walks out of the ring and to the back. He didn't Who know what to do because it was him. a real trash can. <laughs> it was a dumpster. It was more than just a real trash can. It was that's a the that's dumpster. the realest trash can. Uh, I hope Jungle Boy got out before they uh, collected that dumpster. Yeah, Hook, what a partner. Totally unfazed. Did not care. All right. Let's see if I can find that dumpster. I guess. Yeah. <sighs> Next up, John Moxley. 
he is taking on Darius Martin. I guess the the source of this issue is that he called uh, Darius, or he said he was prone to injury, which is like kind of unfair because he was in a car accident. Um, <laughs> but you know that's a good way to just be a heel. Um, so they, these two had a match, which I thought was better than I expected. I still think Darius is kind of getting back into the swing of things and isn't quite to where he used to be, but. It wasn't a total disaster. I thought it was long and the crowd was not into it. It was long. It was long for sure. But I guess I was expecting more of a sloppy mess and it was only sort of a sloppy. I don't know if that's a good. That's not really a compliment. I don't know. I don't know. That's fine. Obviously Moxley won. It was fine. It was it was a little overly long, I thought, but and and yeah, and the crowd just I just think there wasn't any kind of buy-in on Darius Martin in a singles match. Yeah, it's hard to really believe that he's going to beat John Moxley, especially with you know their current positions in the company. But they tried. They gave Darius some TV time. I guess that's good. You know, he needs to get back and like get more reps in and get used to doing stuff in the ring again so i don't know i'm i'm all in on dante just being on singles i don't think he needs denarius ditch denarius he doesn't need the khaleesi that's for sure <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> he uh darius was there or no sorry uh dante was there um i guess he could ditch his brother and move on to better things but no they seem he seems like a nice boy who is loyal to his his kin. So, I would have rather watched a Dante Moxley match. I think I feel like this happened. Yeah, I, was, I think you could go back and see that at some point in the past. Megan, between the way he's he wrestled last night and his promo, do you think Big Mox is maybe heading for a real heel turn? Yeah, I think so. And I'm fine with that. I think because the BCC is so loose at this point, he can just sort of like go off and do that. He certainly doesn't seem to be being a nice boy these days. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Well, that's what's up in Moxley's world. Um, The Guns, the Ass Boys, if you will, they have a match against FTR. FTR, I believe, wanted this match so that they they could just put things to rest with these idiots. Uh, But it turns out that the Guns win. Yeah, this is one of those rare times when when a finish on an AEW TV show actually surprises me. Yeah. Like, even with the story they were telling with Dax's butt, I guess, basically. Um, he heard being it, okay. hurt from the, uh, from the <laughs> double dog collar match against the Briscoes, the final battle. Um, I was still not prepared for the Guns to beat FTR. And I think it was smart to do, especially in this circumstance, because, you know, you kind of protect FTR. And, and it was certainly the biggest win of the Guns' career. And I thought... You know they got they got the new like they got the new gear they look mm-hmm. great. 
I, I thought they really stepped up to it. I thought, I thought it was, you know, it was their by far their biggest win. And I thought it was their best match. Yeah. Speaking of butts, we did forget one thing about the elite batch earlier. Kenny brought out that stupid broom with the barbed wire and then (laughs) did a, did a move so that his entire butt landed on it and got stuck on it. He's going to have some problems too with his butt. It's okay. Rick Knox was there to hold it while Kenny moved forward so that it got unstuck. Um, But yeah, uh, the guns, I guess if I didn't expect them to win, but I thought if they did, it would have been like through shenanigans, but turns out it's actually through a butt injury. (laughs) Yeah, good, good for them, I guess. And they are entertaining. I'm not against seeing the guns. I really miss that they are fake brothers with the acclaimed, but can't go back to the glory days. (sighs) After that. We get, I think, the most awkward segment of the evening. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, they're supposed to have some, like, mediation together with Rick Ross as the mediator because why not? Um, Keith Lee came out first and Rick Ross, he tried to, like, say stuff and I don't know. It just, it was awkward. And at one point he looked at Keith Lee and said, you're a big motherfucker on you know television national television um and that was that was uh this rick ross he's 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 a charismatic man he is uh this segment was kind of a train wreck but he is uh he is a charisma monster yeah he yeah he just this segment it was it was painful like i felt embarrassed to be watching it because I'm just like, why is this? Why is this still going on? What is happening here? Because um, like Keith Lee's out there with Rick Ross and Tony Schiavone for a time, and it's kind of awkward because it seems like Rick Ross is maybe going off script, but also like we're sitting here waiting for Swerve to show up, and Swerve finally arrives, and he's like, "I don't work on your time, Keith Lee," and then. Like Spencer, is it Spencer Boudreau? Parker. Parker Boudreau. He um, is a surprise. Swerve says you got to have eyes in the back of your head, Keith. And uh, Parker Boudreau shows up and starts attacking Keith Lee. And he like knocks him out of the ring, but like it's Keith Lee. So he he gets up and he, you know, takes care of this kid. Um, and then... Uh, some guy, I Andy, do you know who the second guy was? Um, he, he had like stupid hair and stupid hair, <laughs> a million face tattoos. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about him. Aside, I can't even remember his name. Um, but he, I the only thing I know about him is that he spent ten years, um, playing minor league baseball. He's a really he's a really big guy. Um. I don't know, like he's he's thirty years old and he's just started recently training pro wrestling. I just I don't know why they're signing. Like, why are you signing a thirty year old project when you've got you know what I mean? It's just like there's so much like talent allocation issue with with, with this yeah. company as it is. Like they've got so many great people under contract who don't make TV, and 
I don't know. I, I, this this was like this this was one of those where I really was left scratching my head afterwards, and not just because of the surprise nature of the angle. For yeah, for a minute I thought with the hair, I'm like, is that Lance Archer? And did he just? That's get, what I like, thought at first too. Yeah. Like rough. <laughs> yeah. So um, that guy shows up. So this is all happening, and then Rick Ross is there, um, kind of not you know, getting in the fray, but he's around and it turns out that Swerve now has, um, his own sort of deal going on. Um, his, his team, I forget what they called it. This, the fucking Swerve dudes. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) it was like, okay. Uh, Oh, friggin' Manolo pizzazz doesn't, he didn't, he didn't write, write it, it down. down. He didn't write it down. Manolo. Um, but yeah, like, so Swerve has his own group now, I guess. And Rick Ross is part of it because Rick Ross, Swerve had come out with a bag and he pulls out this sweatshirt and it has the logo. Um, and so Rick Ross is like, yo, surprise, I am on Team Swerve. And uh, I think it was supposed to be more impactful than it was. But I'm like, you're Rick Ross. You're not going to be here anymore, probably. So I. Okay, and I guess Parker Boudreau, um, what happened to the trust fund kids or whatever? Uh, trust busters, are they done? I, I don't know. It was all very, it was all very unhinged and weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't, I don't have the answer to that for you. Oh, well, I guess we'll find out what's going on with them and that 30-year-old a rough 30 years, I gotta say. <laughs> that, that dude looked rough. Uh, yeah, we'll see where what happens. <sighs> After that, uh, we get the the Moxley promo that Andy had referenced, where he's just being like, Hangman Page, what's up? Are we gonna fight? We got, you know, what do we got left? <laughs> um, sorry I knocked you out, but it's not my fault you have a glass jaw. Is what he said. He's like, it's my job to M- fight. Milano, Milano doesn't have this in the right order. This happened before Moxley's match. Yeah. Manolo. I mean, no offense, Megan, but you just watched this show. <laughs> Can't you like remember that this was in a different no. order? No, I cannot. You're asking okay. too much of me. <laughs> You're... Look, guys, it's the holidays. I'm playing fast and loose here. Manolo the pizzazz. Manolo has pizzazz. We're, we're How about. much of that Woodford Reserve did you have while watching the show? None. I watched it like this afternoon. <laughs> it's a really long time ago for me. I will say I was trying to entertain my puppy while watching. So I was watching but also playing fetch in the living room. So, you know, I didn't get the order down. I was counting on Manolo. <sighs> All right. Well, okay. So, you know, Moxley, bad guy. Uh, Samoa Joe. We can talk about him because I know you wanted to and I wanted to too. He's here. He's the king of television. And he wants to wish the world Merry Holidays. Um, He says he's going to give Wardlow more than you ask for in their match against each other next week for the TNT title. Um, And he just, he had this like vibe to him that was very much like a happy, nice guy when he was talking about like beating the shit out of Wardlow. It's a good character. Thoroughly enjoyed. 
It's a good character, and I'm afraid that, you know, it's going to, well, maybe not come to an end, but I am afraid that he is going to lose one of his two television crowns next week uh, to Wardlow, which is, you know, let's be real, that is the right thing. Uh. (laughs) But as long as he keeps the ROH one that has TV title, like, it's the TV title, can't he still claim he's king of TV? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay. He can, yeah, but uh, but I think he is going to lose that TNT title. Hmm. Do you think they're going to keep going back and forth with him and Wardlow if that happens, or do you think they're going to find other avenues for Wardlow to go down? Um, I think they are going to find other avenues for both of them. I think Joe's other avenue is going to be being one of the stars of the Ring of Honor television show uh, in early 2023. Good. Do you hate Joe, Jenny? Do you just want him off your television? I've just never been a big fan. You and Dave. (laughs) (sighs) I like Wardlow, though. I don't think the War Dog's going anywhere. Hey, there's a big almost... is he? He's not thirty. He's late twenties, right? Early to late twenties. Wardlow's young. There's a big guy you could have used in any capacity without having to sign some thirty-year-old baseball player. How old is Wardlow? That's a good question. I gotta believe he's under thirty. I know. Wardlow is thirty-four years old. Damn it! I thought he was one of the secret youngs. No. Well, good for him. Yeah, he looks like a secret young. It's it's hard to tell when when a guy is that big and muscled out, you know? Oh, well. Uh, speaking of muscly dudes, I don't know if this is out of order or not, but the next thing Manolo has written here is about Will Hobbs. We get the next chapter in the book of Hobbs. He talks about his, uh, what sounds like just atrocious childhood. You know, like, it's upsetting. He was robbed, beaten, and stabbed as a child, he said. Uh, He didn't say by who, but that's a lot for a kid. And so because of all this, like, trauma, you know, he's a monster now. Monsters uh, created him. I don't know if there's going to be another chapter. He should, like, come back and just start killing people now. Yeah, I was like, damn, Hobbs, you got got dark with your storyline here. You're not just going to be a heel, you're going to be like... Like, really evil, dark heel. Um, but yeah, he's... Uh, I assume he's got more chapters to write to tell us about. But we'll see. Um, there is also... This also may be out of order, but... We get uh, a rap? I hesitate to call it that. But Sanjay Dutt, he tried to do his best Max Caster impression... While he, Jay Lethal, uh, Satnam Singh, and Jeff Jarrett all had custom-made shirts that had various um, things on them. like that like also happened before the last segment that we talked about. Or am I misremembering that? Don't blame me. No, but we don't need to, like, we don't need to badger her every time it happens. <laughs> blame Man- Manolo. Look, I guys. thought it was particularly egregious when... Like, the Moxley promo <laughs> was recapped after the Moxley match. Yeah, well, and, like, Megan loves Moxley, so I thought I do. she was about that I one. I do. I, I, 
guys, I've got gift strap and it's negative five degrees outside. I, it's been a day. Okay. We're recovering from COVID. Oh, boo hoo. COVID. And it's negative five here too. And we don't get to have Christmas. I mean, you do. You just only have it with each other. And you got mad that he thought 2016, the best part, was not your marriage, but talking smack. That was a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, the rap segment. Yes, it happened a while ago, but it was was there. It didn't do anything for me particularly. I did like that Satnam Singh had a shirt that said seven, seven foot four inches. Because he's a big boy, but whatever. That was pretty good. Did you like Jeff Jarrett's shirt? It was like slap, slap man, slap max, slap max. You're not allowed to yeah. put nuts on the t-shirt. Well, his name's Max. I guess that's true. But doesn't he say slap nuts a lot? Yeah, but now he's feuding with Max, so he's gonna say slap max. All right. All right. Where is, where is Max? Is Max Caster injured? Is that why Billy Gunn is in this tag team match tonight? I don't know because I I can't remember the last time, like their last match. I, I don't remember him appearing to be injured, like getting injured, you know? I can't remember what he did. I hope he's not injured. But you're probably right because there is no reason that Bowens and Billy Gunn are teaming up. But they are. Um, I know this this happened earlier in the show, but here we are. This is what I'm talking about. Um, apparently, on Rampage, there's a $300,000 trios battle royal full of trios. And presumably, you know, one of them gets to split their $300,000 three ways if they win. Uh, we hear from a couple of the entrants. And that is the Dark Order and also uh, the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. The Best Friends and Orange Cassidy were like, wow, we can win that money. And Trent says, I'm going to buy my mom a car or a house. house. A house. And Chuck Taylor's like, I'm going to buy my mom a chainsaw. (laughs) It's like, shit, Chuck, calm down. And then Orange is like, I'm going to buy Trent's mom a house. So... I guess that money's going to go to good use. <laughs> I, now I hope they win. So yeah. Trent and Orange can pool their money and get Sue like a, like a, a you know pretty good house. And I bet Chuck, like a chainsaw shouldn't cost 100000 So like he can like the remaining from a chainsaw can go towards Trent's mom's house. I guess so. Somewhere Chuck's mom is like, the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> the Dark Order... Uh, they didn't have as specific of plans for the money, but Adam Page was standing right there with them, and they made a point to be like, um, "Like we don't need you to like try and help us this time, Adam." And he's like, "Well, I can't. I I won't be there. When is it?" And they're like trying to avoid saying Friday, and I for whatever like John, I think is the one who says it, and then Adam's like all right, well, I'll see you Friday, and he leaves. So I don't know how he's going to play a part, but he shouldn't, he's not allowed to be in the match. He's not a trio. Well, at some points in time, 
Jenny has thought that he resembled the Holy Trinity. So <laughs> he's just his own. <laughs> he enters. Yeah. And as usual, okay. Alex Reynolds is the one who's the most like, you know, he's a little, he's a little, he's always a little, he's always low man on the totem pole on the, on the hangman scale as far as being into him. I think, yeah, he has a cautious approach because hangman has, you know, heard them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think John Silver is a little more like, I love that cowboy. And Uno, well, he seems open to it, but yeah. Is Uno back in the company? I thought he got cut. Grayson got cut. I thought Uno got cut too. No. No? You're, remem- you're remembering something fake. Oh. No. And Grayson didn't really get cut. He just didn't get re-upped. So, whatever. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but the only thing left is the main event. I I, I believe that's right. Manolo. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope that's right. So the main event I was so happy to see was for the women's world championship, Jamie Hader versus Sakara Shida. And I thought they gave them 20 minutes. Thought it was great. Loved they, it. They did it. They had a two commercial break match. Yes. I was so happy to see them give them the time to not see any men at the end actually end dynamite, which I was like a little bit worried about. Like something we're going to have. Jenny, Jenny was so sure. Like, Oh, they're going to wrap this up at five till there's going to be an angle with dudes. It's not unheard of, but Jenny, I too was happy that like the show ended the match ended. The show ended. It was all ladies. Jamie yep. Hader retains. Sheeta put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, she did. Good match. Yeah. I would have to go back and rewatch Sheeta versus Nyla Rose from Double or Nothing uh, mm-hmm. 2020, the hardcore match where she won the title. Mm-hmm. But. I think this might have been my favorite women's match in AEW. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah. Hater versus Storm last month was also really, really up there. Um, I just think the thing that Jamie Hater has brought to the AEW women's division is this level of physicality that was... It was there before in spurts, like Hikaroshida can bring it, Tony Storm can bring it, but those, but it's like, it's like they haven't had a heel who, who works that style, so they didn't have anybody for the physical babyfaces to go up against. And so now, in, in the Tony Storm match and the Hikaroshida match, we've seen people who can like give as good as they get on both sides of the ring, and it's led to these just incredibly intense matches. Yeah, and I think Jamie Hayter even said in, like, one of her promos in the lead-up, like, you know, I've, I've been to Japan, like, I know the style, and so I'm ready to hit you hard. Yeah. And boy, did she. <laughs> yeah, this this match totally ruled. Yeah. yeah. I, I was they, so happy. Outdid the elite in the Death Triangle, in my opinion, on this night. It's a holiday miracle. 
It's not a yeah. miracle. They work hard. They're good at what they do. But it's a holiday miracle that they got that spot and they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. A great match. And uh, Jamie Hayter retains. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what happened afterwards? Afterwards. Uh, Megan was playing fetch. She's, Brit, she's Brit no, Britt Baker <laughs> and Rebel were on the sidelines. And Britt's like, well... Cheetah's down. Might as well beat the shit out of her. <laughs> it, seemed, it's, it did seem totally unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, she was in the well, ring to be holding Jakey's hand up. Well, and Cheetah hit her in the abdomen with the keto stick. Can, can do. The, the stick earlier. But I'm sorry. She hit her because Britt tried to sneak up with the stick and hit Cheetah. So it was well, like self-defense. Sure, I'm, I'm not saying that Cheetah wasn't provoked. I'm just saying that like that's why she went after Sheeta after the match because she got hit. She's right. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's true. It's just funny because it was like one minute she's there holding Jamie's like hand up with the ref holding the other and they're celebrating. And then Britt just looks over and is like, oh, yeah, Sheeta's right there. Time to fuck her up. And so she <laughs> she goes over and starts kicking her. Um, and Rebel's like, yep, that's a good idea. And so like they're attacking Sheeta and then. Tony Storm runs out to make the save, and Tony Storm had been injured because in her match with Jamie or with Britt, um, a match with one of them, possibly both of them at this point, uh, she had broken her n- nose. So they they like focused on kicking her in the face, <laughs> but I'm sure she's actually fine, you know, because she's out there. So yeah. that's a whole thing, um, and then. Because there were still three, when you count Hater against two, uh, Soraya ended up running out as well to help with the cause. So it le- it was the three faces and the three heels at the end, uh, faces in the ring staring down the heels who were backing up off the ramp like usual. So I'm they di- I don't think they announced a match with these six, but I'm assuming that would be the logical thing to do. Well, they still have uh, the big match coming up on January 11th in Los Angeles with Hader and Baker against Soraya and the mystery uh, partner. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, they could do they could do a, a trios match in the interim. I mean, there's you know there's two weeks before that, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's three of them standing out there, good and bad, you know just seems like mathematically go ahead and have a match but yeah so there was an angle but it was a women's angle so that's okay yep <laughs> we did it and that was dynamite and i'm sorry for my lack lackadaisical holiday bash recap but guys it's the holiday and that was dynamite you're right uh it was a great show i thought mm-hmm. i really i really enjoyed this week's episode yeah i thought it was good yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to our last uh, stop on the show, and that is the Elite Beat Plug of the Week. And, uh, Jenny, you haven't been here for a while, so why don't you go first? I haven't, but I have had a lot of time this week to watch TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I have been watching a lot of Netflix. Um, I watched the Harry and Meghan documentary which oh my gosh 
Like, I don't really care about, like, Harry or Megan, but, like, it was really well done. I, like, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then I rewatched all of Emily in Paris and am now on the third season. We're almost finished with it. Um, Emily in Paris is a lot of fun and a good time, and you get to see Paris. Oh. It's like the, what did they say about Sex in the City? Like, New York is the fifth character. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> Paris is way more interesting than New York, in my opinion. That's fair. Well, that's fun. I get, I was watching YouTube, and almost every ad I got was for that documentary. And Netflix has been, like, pushing it every time I, like, sign on. They put it up there, so... um so I guess it sounds like maybe it's worth watching. I had zero interest in them. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. And honestly, if I wasn't sick all day and, and I, <laughs> it was the day that I wasn't the first two days, Andy and I couldn't really interact because he hadn't tested positive yet. So I was just stuck in the bedroom all day. And I was like, oh, I'll start it. It was, it was fine. Like, it was interesting. Um, yeah, but I've never really, like, had much interest in... Uh, in that story but that's interesting i prefer the uh early 2000s who wants to marry harry or i want to marry harry reality show in which harry had no part of it but they got some guy that looked like harry and none of the girls knew who he was they all thought he definitely was harry and honestly that was a much better show okay well that's good to know all right um megan how about you um, well, the YouTube I've been watching is uh, going to be my plug of the week because I don't think I've done much of anything else. Um, so I was watching the Nextlander YouTube channel. Nextlander is a video game podcast and also they do live streams and stuff. And I was watching them play a game called The Quarry and it is very uh, Until Dawn-esque. Same studio, right? I think so. Um, it would have to be otherwise. It's just blatantly copying the style. <laughs> like, but they do it well. Um, but it's it's one of those. If you don't know what Until Dawn is, it's basically like a horror, like an eighties horror movie. Um, only not set in the eighties, but that sort of vibe, that style, but like made into a video game and like. The characters, um, you play different ones of them and make choices, and that affects the story. And I, just, it's really well done. And honestly, like I don't think I want to play it because it's a little high stress as far as like making decisions, and you know, you essentially can kill off all of the characters and lose or finish the game with not all of them alive. And I just can't handle that sort of pressure <laughs> when I'm playing video games. I like a nice, um, calm sort of deal. So I am happy to watch other people play it, and it's been really entertaining because I think it's a really well-done game, but also I don't want to play it. I just want to see it played for me. Cool, yeah. I have not uh, watched that any of that because I think I probably will um, play it at some point. Okay. Because well. I eventually did play on Until Dawn. Um and uh, I like that. I'm just kind of waiting, waiting for it to come to Game Pass and to check it out. Yeah, and I guess the beauty of that kind of game too is because is like 
if you play it without knowing anything about it, you'll probably make different decisions and have kind of a different path through it. So that's kind right. of fun, you know, to get to see, hear different conversations, see different interactions based on what you choose. Megan, I have a question for you. How many hours of content is this on the YouTube? I think like there's four videos and probably between one to two hours each. So, okay. I was going to say, it might be worth thinking about doing the premium just for, like, a month oh, to, like, not have the I, ads. I fully ended up doing that, like, the one-month trial, because YouTube, I know you guys have gone ad-free for a while, so you you may not have had the same experience, but when I was watching these videos, literally every five minutes. Yep. And it's That's, just, like... It was awful when I was getting through Chateau Diaries, like... I don't think Andy could just stand hearing the commercials. And so he, he upgraded us at that time. And I was like, I don't know how I could have rewatched that whole series multiple times and had like the commercials happening. Yeah. If their goal was to annoy you into buying something <laughs> mission accomplished. I mean, I'm not buying it. I did the one month free and I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. Cause I really don't want to pay for YouTube. I don't watch it enough on a regular basis to justify that. But like, how annoying they've gotten yes. with their ads. God. So that is uh, Until Dawn, or uh, no, The Quarry on mm -hmm. the Next Lander YouTube channel. Uh, I am, I have a Next Lander podcast in my queue right now that is their review discussion of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but I... I have not yet watched or listened to it because I want to. I want to rewatch the movie first because it's been a. It's been a minute. That movie is a hell of a ride. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's been literally been like, well, not thirty years because it came out thirty. Years. It's been. It, it will have to have been twenty five years since I've seen that movie. So. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, my pick is I. I got back into uh, the Ultimate Marvel Universe. This week, um, and I, I'm I went through a bunch of Ultimate Fantastic Four and Ultimate Spider Man's, and at some point, the Marvel Zombies universe crossed over into, or the Marvel universe, Zombies universe started as a result of something that the Ultimates uh, universe's Reed Richards did. Okay. And so the Marvel Zombieverse, which I forget I forget which <clears throat> number universe that is, but it's not it's not Earth 616, which is the the standard MCU standard timeline, you know. Um and it's not the Ultimates, which is its own timeline. But uh yeah, so so then I got a little sidetracked and it just started like reading the Marvel Zombies comics for a little while too. Um which I I I'd read those I'd read those before like um, years ago, just by themselves, because I was just interested in that. And, and you know, Kirk, uh, Kirkman wrote it, so I was I was just kind of interested to see that. And um, but I didn't at the time. I didn't have any context for the whole like multiverse thing, so I just thought it was like I thought it was like DC Elseworlds, where it was just like this is the regular universe, but something bad happened, and it's just you know. It's, but it's not canon. But apparently, Marvel Zombies is canon. It's just that it's in a totally different dimension. But yeah, Marvel Zombies, interesting. But uh, 
No, I'm I. Uh, so yeah, so let's see. I am up to Ultimate Spider-Man seventy-eight, um, and Ultimate Fantastic Four twenty-six, and uh, and yeah, so I'm really I'm cranking through. Let's see what I've got coming up. I got a lot more. Got a lot more Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, and then I get into some X-Men, and then something called Ultimate Nightmare, which I don't even know what that is. So, hmm. very exciting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Now, is the premise for the zombie ones like? Sorry, this is just a tangent. Uh, did something happen in the world, and everybody got turned? Like, is it a st- like a, a zombie apocalypse sort of storyline, or is this a universe where like? zombies are just we are zombies like are the superheroes zombies doing superhero stuff okay so here's the deal (laughs) something happened like something came from space and this earth whatever number it is got a zombie virus and what oh no oh okay I didn't know if that was like a like a general oh no or an oh no like now you're thinking about what if that happened to this earth. Well, yeah. Okay, it can't. It's not real. Uh, um, <laughs> Settled. <laughs> so it it takes over very quickly because there are a lot of metahumans mm. who become zombified and then they cannot be stopped from eating everything in their path. So very quickly, there's nothing but superheroes left but they're all like they all have an an unslackable thirst for flesh they've acquired a taste for human flesh that's right yeah okay so okay so it's not like they need to go save people they just kill all the people and then they're just like bumbling around together yeah and they they're, they're they're completely sentient but all they can think about is where they're gonna get their next meal so you know, so they're very like they're even like very like morally conflicted about it, but hmm. they can't stop it. It's pretty good. You should you should read them. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Just curious how that how that meshed. Yeah, I asked because I, I didn't. Um, I asked Justin. I said I said uh, so. Does did Marvel Zombies ever cross over into six one six because it has crossed over into. Uh, ultimate and he just said uh, no thank god and, <laughs> and I, so I, I get the sense that he was not a fan of the of the storyline or or just never engaged with it I don't know but yeah okay okay well that's yeah. fun yeah but uh, yeah so uh, I think that is our show um, Jenny you plugged the uh, the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix no, I played Emily in Paris, but and, I said I had also watched and Emily in Paris, uh, both on Netflix. Yes. Megan, next lander uh, videos of the quarry on YouTube. Mm-hmm. On or the play the game, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. you, you may in the future on Game Pass. And me, as, as often, uh, a lot of Marvel comics on the Marvel Comics Unlimited app, which is very fun for me. How many times have you plugged Dreamlight Valley? At least twice. Including last week? <laughs> uh, three times. Yeah, probably probably three times. That sounds right. They made new content. 
I saw it on Game Pass the other day, and I considered downloading it, and then I'm like, uh-oh. Will I get sucked in hard? Like, You, you like, will. I mean... I, and I was worried about that, though. It's a good time to get in. They've had a few patches. And you've got a whole week off. What are you going to do with that week? Very potentially play Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> God. You gotta, you've, also, you've also got to check out Vampire Survivors, though. That's true. That's true. I've got some Game Pass options. I'm going to go with yeah. the Vampire one first because I'm worried about the oh. addictiveness of the Dreamlight Valley. No, Although the Vampire one sounds addictive. Oh, Megan. Don't do... Vampire Survivors is so much more addictive than Dreamlight Valley. No, the Vampire Survivors will give you, like, a seizure. It's... I can't be in the room when Andy's playing it. It's... Oh, it's terrible. Okay. I'm taking all of this into into my thought process. I've got a whole week, so, you know, we'll see. All right. And uh, and you have a whole week uh, without us, but we will be back uh, next week for a... If it, probably like a pretty chill show because I think all of us are going to be off work and we'll be happy and uh, and relaxed and and uh, and we got a big we got a big dynamite looking forward to look forward to next week so so uh, so until then uh, for Megan and for Jenny I'm Andy and thank you all for listening to the Elite Beat Elite Beat E E Elite Beat.